0: Folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch the baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold, and that way you know it's time to chill. Hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind, when you want to hit the reset button. Reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here along with ESPN's Myron Metcalf. And uh, Myron, I've got a game for you to play today after a no good rotten Monday for the Minnesota Vikings. We're going to play a game called How Bad Is This? Are you ready, Myron? I'm ready. It seems like the perfect Minnesota Vikings game to play. So yeah. let, let's just start. There's a lot to get to that happened to the Minnesota Vikings over just a couple of days span that was not great. Uh, the controversy of Mike Zimmer versus Delvin Cook's agent over whether Mike Zimmer said th- or was told that Delvin Cook is coming to camp. Zimmer on a Zoom call on Saturday said that he was told by Delvin Cook. And then Delvin Cook's agent said, no, you weren't. And then he said, no, but it was the running back who told me. And then his agent said, no, it wasn't. And then Mike Zimmer went on a radio interview and said, no, no, I never said that. But he did say that because I was there and I heard it and I have it on tape and I played it in one of my podcasts. So, uh, Myron, this Delvin Cook situation, we don't know as we're recording this whether he's going to show up at camp or not. And I'm not sure the team is going to announce it if he is at camp. Uh, how bad is this if Delvin Cook does not show up at training camp?
1: Oh man, it's 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 really bad. T- to me, I just, you know, my dad. We, you know, I'm, I'm a family of nine. come from a family of nine, so six brothers and sisters. There are a lot of us, man. Like I remember my dad walking the door, and there was like bad news, he put his stuff down and just sit at the table. Just kind of have his his head in his hands a little bit, like, really, I got to deal with this, you know. And that's how I feel about what's happened over the last four to five days. How do you mess this up in this situation? It's a very delicate deal where you obviously know what Dalvin Cook wants and he wants to get paid. Um, You cannot get up there and communicate anything that's not Teflon when it comes to that conversation. And even if there is an exchange, you'd better be clear on what transpired because – As Dalvin Cook, you're trying to control the narrative. And if you've got a coach up there saying, "Hey, everything's fine, nobody worry," I would take offense to that. And I'm sure he did. And if his message this week is, "I'm not showing up to training camp," I'm going to show you how serious I am. It's a really bad deal for the Minnesota Vikings because, to me, in these these situations with a guy who is at this vulnerable position, where there just aren't that many guys who are going to get paid. Uh, But he's one of those guys that you would want to pay. I think this is the thing you have to salvage in the moment. But is Mike Zimmer capable of that? Because I think the message, if I'm Dalvin Cook, I'm going, if this is really how it all went down, did this guy just lie to support the team's stance? Did this guy just, you know, go up there and misrepresent my view and how I feel for the sake of the team? Because that's how I I would see it if I were Dalvin Cook. Like, this guy's trying to take a stance as management, you know, and and trying to put the team in a more favorable position to act like everything's okay so that when I come out and I don't show up to camp, it's like, well, what else do you want, you know? I just think – I think Dalvin Cook, no matter what you think about what he deserves or what he should be paid, no matter what you think about the longevity of that position, for a guy who – has played, I believe, fewer than 30 games over the last three seasons. No matter what you believe about those particulars, at a minimum, you have to agree that he deserves a fair shake and a fair process. And my challenge with what's happened with Mike Zimmer going back and forth with Dalvin Cook and his agent, I think it was unfair to Dalvin Cook, honestly. Just just how it all started off. Um, and I want to be furious. And if he doesn't show up, now you've got to go from just dealing with the numbers to now there's a relationship element there with Mike Zimmer and Dalvin Cook because if this is how it all went down and I'm Dalvin Cook, I got to know, hey, did you lie on me? Did you did you did you make something up about what I said? And if so, how do I trust you going forward? That's the kind of conversation Matt as you know that gets people to to get a little crazy and say, you know what man I won't be on this roster in 2020, you might as well trade me and go get what you can because I'm not going to stay in Minnesota.
0: And, and I heard, have heard that Delvin Cook wants to be traded if this thing isn't going to get worked out. But just going back to what you're saying, This has been the criticism of Mike Zimmer that we have discussed on the show. It's not, can he scheme on defense? Everybody knows that the man is brilliant when it comes to designing his defenses, to developing players that you know every year you're going to have a top 10 defense. It's always interpersonal issues. It's... Why did Norv Turner resign on you? Why did you have to fire John Filippo and then throw him under the bus a million times throughout that season in 2018? Why was Anthony Barr upset with you in the locker room in 2016? Why does Stefan Diggs not want to be here? Is it only because of the offense? Like just like, Let's have this clear. Is it only because of the offense or are there more things? And Stephon Diggs had another little strangely timed tweet the other day when this stuff was going down as well that made me go, hmm, wonder what that's about. And Stephon Diggs did not thank Mike Zimmer on his way out. He thanked Kirk Cousins for the memories, Kyle Rudolph, Adam Thielen, but not Mike Zimmer. And now, like you said, why say to the media he told me he's coming? It, it, the, the way it goes down is our buddy Judd Zelgad asks, "Is Delvin going to show up?" Zimmer says, "Yes." Judd says, "Who told you that?" He says, "He told me." Like that, like. We have the audio, Mike. You can't go back and pretend that didn't happen. And then, like you said, if you're delving sides, you go, oh, wait a minute. I didn't do that. That's not what happened. And then you put it out there that it was somebody else who said something else. Like, already you have manipulated this person. And that's not going to make him want to come to camp if he does. And it's not going to make him want to sign a long-term contract if he wants to. Now, you might just sort of shrug your shoulders and go, huh, well, who cares? He's a running back. Here's who cares. Everybody else in the locker room who doesn't look at Delvin is just another running back.
1: And, and the the proof is in what happened when the Vikings had healthy Dalvin Cook and what happened when they didn't. I mean, you don't have a quarterback here who doesn't need Dalvin Cook. Kirk Cousins needs Cook, he needs to be healthy. Everyone's better on that offense when you have a healthy Dalvin Cook. That is undeniable. So, certainly, that locker room understands. In a league where you can the difference between being 10 and six and six and 10 is extremely close in terms of how many you know how close that the, the competition is. You definitely want Dalvin Cook, and not just Dalvin Cook. you want a happy Dalvin Cook. You want a guy who feels like he can trust everybody, and to your point, to me, I understand criticism of this uh, friendly coach generation. The Sean McVay's the young guys who make a point of saying, you know what, I'm closer to your equal than, than your coach and kind of getting that level of respect. And that works when you're winning. You know, I don't know how much it works if you're not, but that's certainly the new generation of coaches. Then there's sort of that old school group of, listen, man, I'm here to be your coach. I'm not here to be your your, your buddy. But even that older generation of guys, and you've seen this with some coaches around the league. They've adapted. I mean, you know, Andy Reid certainly had a lot of that in Philly. But in Kansas City, he's mellowed out to some degree. He's been a little more fun, a little more lighthearted. Still Andy Reid, still have commands of respect. But he's had to balance a little bit with this new generation of players. Mike Zimmer strikes me as someone who doesn't give a damn. He ain't balancing for nobody. He's not changing into – he's not going to evolve as a coach when it comes to relationships, because that's just not the way he does things. And I think it's hurting his locker room because I think he sees it as I'm the leader, you're the player, listen to me, we'll win games. And I think that dismisses how society has changed in many ways. Yes, these guys want to play, but they also want a certain bond uh, that, that it seems like Mike refuses to entertain. That's one thing. It goes a step further to me if you've got someone who's just going to say whatever he's thinking at the podium and not care how it affects the locker room. And there have been too many times, to your point, where Zimmer's gotten up there, he's beaten up players verbally. You know, I'm not saying he's he's verbally abusing them or anything, but in terms of he's been critical of guys in a public format. We watched him destroy Case Keenum for a year, and Case Keenum was a guy who. Started off third string, had no business being in that position, was playing the best football that anybody ever imagined. And, and we spent the year watching Zimmer go, man, this guy ain't enough. And at some point, after years and years of that, it catches up to you. And I think with Mike Zimmer, it's catching up to him in that locker room with a very good player uh, who wants to get paid because he understands the changing market at his position. He has a history of injuries. He knows if he's going to get his money, he has to get it now. But for for Zimmer to, I'll say, misrepresent potentially what happened and what he was told, that's one of those things where you might get Dalvin Cook back and you might get through the season, but that relationship never heals. And and that might not matter if you're a 12-win team. If you're 8-8 eight and, eight and you need everybody to be on the same page and you can't afford any disruption in the locker room, that's when it crushes you like that. That's when you don't have the talent to overcome that sort of breach in, in the locker room, man. And I just, you know, there's a lot to repair. And it's not on down cook. It's on the head coach.
0: Before we get back to the conversation, I want to remind you to go to sodastick.com to get your original Minnesota sports inspired goods, Baseball is back and Soda Stick just launched its latest partnership with Hormel Foods and the Tommy Watkins Foundation to pay homage to the Hormel Row of Fame. It debuted in the Metrodome in 1992 and though it's been long retired, you have an opportunity to check out the latest t-shirt called The Wiener Winner. Great for lunch, great for dinner. You remember how the song goes. For every T-shirt sold, Hormel Foods will donate $10, up to $10,000, to Tommy Watkins Foundation's Backpack Program supporting Twin Cities youth. We're going to hook you up also with free shipping for your wiener winner shirt. Use promo code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping. That's sodastick.com, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K.com. Original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. Code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping. I totally agree. There was no reason to say that. He could have easily just said, well, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. That's between him and the front office. And, hey, nobody loves Dalvin Cook more than me. I want him to be on my football team this year, but business is business. I mean, that's exactly what Gary Kubiak said when we asked him about it. He was like, hey, I mean, I want to coach Dalvin Cook. He's not a guy you can just replace, but business is business. They'll get it worked out. That's not on me. To come out and say he's gonna be here, like, wh- why are you doing that? And you know what? If you even wanted to go back on it and just say, you know what? I just misspoke. That's fine. You could say that. You could do that. You could put it out there to Schefter or whoever you want and say, uh, you know what? I just I misspoke on, on Delvin. I had it in my head that someone told me that I was wrong. My bad. Uh, it reminds me a little bit, Myron, of when you get married, somebody inevitably will do something or say something stupid. And you'll, you'll be like, I you know, I forgive you, whatever, but why did you say that? You know what I mean? Like, he, <laughs> yeah. he gets paid. There's always going to be that little, like, what was that that happened around the time, you know? And yeah. uh, I wonder if that's a, how this ultimately ends up going. For Delvin Cook, it would not be a great play to not show up to training camp. I think he should show up to camp and he should do what he's supposed to do and trust that the Vikings will pay him because that's always been their history. But I think now he's got to look at his head coach a little bit with why did you handle it the way that you handled it? And and that's not great. And everyone else, I think, in the locker room and the guys who have been around will go, yep, we've seen that before. Yep, we saw Mm -hmm. Xavier Rhodes. They wanted back for some ungodly reason, but they wanted him back. And he said, Now I'm going to go somewhere else. Trey Mm -hmm. Wayans. They probably wanted back. I didn't hear for sure, but he went somewhere else. Mackenzie Alexander, I know they wanted back. He went somewhere else. Stephon Diggs wanted to go somewhere else. Like this is there is a bit of a pattern of behavior recently with these things, and that was a concern for the ownership about signing him to a long-term contract. And now that it's done, uh, I guess the Vikings can sit here and say with Dalvin Cook, well. Uh, Zimmer has a long-term deal, and if he wants to go through this year and just play whoever at running back, you're probably not a Super Bowl team this year anyway, and he knows he's going to be the coach in 2021, so they do have the leverage, um, but not, not, not a good move for the locker room either to let Delvin Cook twist in the wind because then a lot of guys, this is their first impression of the organization if you're Justin Jefferson. Speaking of which, how bad is this, Myron? Justin Jefferson ends up on the reserve COVID list uh, reporting for the Vikings. Now, we don't know if he actually has it or if he's part of a contact tracing effort to quarantine Mm -hmm. players who were near someone who had it. So I got these tweets of like, oh, he's going to be behind in camp. I don't really know, and and neither do you. But the Miami Marlins have a dozen players test positive. They got to shut things down. Vikings first-round draft pick shows up. He ends up on the COVID list. How how bad is this, Myron? I know that, you know, according to NFL Network's Kyle Brandt, we don't want football <laughs> as reporters, which is uh, – I mean, I don't know, man. I've never wanted football. Actually, I don't even know why I do this show.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I actually woke up and, and I was just hoping and praying for the cancellation of sports. I just cancel it all. That's my – that's my goal. I guess I'll say this, man, first and foremost. We got to stop treating positive case reports uh, among athletes as if they're harmless. Because, yes, the, the statistics and the science suggest that these guys weather this virus better than uh, most. I mean, this is, they're not as vulnerable as maybe an older population, but you can still get sick. So, my first concern is is he sick? How's he feeling? You know, because the thing that we're not doing a great job of in the media is covering some of the lingering effects that people are dealing with uh, who who contracted this virus. So that's my first concern, but holy hell, man, like what the heck, what on earth, man? Like camp started, camp has just now started, and my overall Question, and Eric Sherman, right? Obviously the guy who's in charge of the COVID-19 plan has tested positive. My overall concern is not just about Justin Jefferson. It's whether or not it's possible right now to play sports outside a bubble. Um, and, and the sports that can't do that logistically, NFL, Major League Baseball, college football, how do they pull this off? Uh, because you know training camp is one thing, but if this happens on the Thursday before Sunday, where the Vikings are set to play the Bears, um, how do you proceed with that game, man? I, I mean, how do you how do you just proceed as if nothing happened? I just my overall concern is that this will continue to happen and that we might not be able to execute sports outside a bubble, and that unless the NFL can somehow find a way to do that, even if it's by division, and I know this sounds crazy, right? But I don't think it sounds crazy when you're potentially losing billions of dollars. Like, even if it comes down to division by division, however it works out, I just have a hard time believing, man, that we're going to be able to Take teams that have positive cases, travel across the country for four months, shut down, pick back up. Okay, more positive cases. Let's stop for a bit. How do we do this, man? How, how do we do this? But this is – I'm not worried about Justin Jefferson missing camp and being behind. I want to know if he's sick and how he's feeling more than anything. Is he positive? What, What's going on? Because that should be our main concern, that these guys – are not just risking the season and their careers
0: their health their health we'll get back to the conversation in just a second but have you ever heard of deal-dot-com it's the best most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price that you'd never believe they have over 1000 auctions every day on electronics appliances beauty products Home decor, even cars. Here's how it works it's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and then goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts every 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer. Or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering up our listeners 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. Go to Deal .com and use the offer code INSIDER, Deal fm slash insider. That is D E A L D A S H dot F M slash insider. Is that at stake here? Right. I mean, nobody wants to see this happen more than me but it is a beast that cannot be contained and it is proven that this virus does not care if you uh you know lysol saw down your surfaces or whatever it doesn't work that way i mean this thing spreads so easily there's a reason it became a pandemic worldwide is because it spreads so easily it sits in the air I mean, even masks do not 100% eliminate all possibility of you getting this thing. It reduces it, sure, maybe by whatever percentage, a huge percentage, and you should wear your masks if you want football. But as long as it's out there, as long as cases are rising in Minnesota, cases are rising in other states, or at least they're staying stagnant and continuing to be a huge problem, it's going to be incredibly difficult for 80 players throughout training camp and then 60-something players during the regular season to all avoid it. And if Eric Sugarman, who can take every possible way of avoiding it, still ends up with it, then it tells you there's no amount of just, oh, we'll just put in these measures and everything else that's going to keep it entirely out. So the only hope is that, everybody can throughout training camp quarantine themselves enough to limit the amount of cases but Eric Sugarman said people are going to get it and then he got it himself and uh, you know I, and i have the same fears as you and i think that this is two things are being conflated really unfairly about NFL reporters is that everybody who covers the NFL knows these people and you know Mike Zimmer and you know Gary Kubiak and you know Justin Jefferson and you look at these people in a, in a more human way and say, I don't want these people that I cover to get this. It goes beyond just, hey, well, he's, he's just out with COVID. No problem. He'll be back in two weeks. Well, what about the pitcher from the Red Sox who has heart problems? What, what about all the other things that have happened? And I'm not sure that there is a way to completely effectively avoid this outside of a bubble. And we're seeing it here to start the, the, the season before everybody is even here. In training camp, we're seeing that this is a problem. So my only hope is that people see these things and take them very seriously. And I mean the players, the coaches, everything else. If you do adhere to all of the measures and create your little team bubbles, essentially, you've got a shot at it. And that is the only thing we could do is just hope that they're able to avoid it enough to not have to shut things down.
1: Yeah. And that's the – that's the key, and I think you no know, less than the whole thing about reporters rooting against football is is it's not only ludicrous, it's dangerous. Like, the idea that you've got some people putting out there, these guys just don't want to play. When we understand the devastation that has happened in our industry over the last 20 years, like, come on, man. And we love the sport. Like, we're not doing this because – we want to get, just want to get paid. I mean, like we are generally we're DM during DMing during the week talking about football without anybody knowing because we just legitimately are wired this way. It's just who we are. So that it's it's silly for anyone to suggest otherwise. But we also have to be realistic in our coverage, man, and approach to trying to understand like what's possible. And I see a sport in baseball where at a minimum on the field of play you can distance. You can put in measures to keep players apart, um, and they're dealing with it. A sport where you have to be up close, and, and it's all about that physical contact like football, that's a completely different beast. And it's alarming that you start this way if you're the Vikings. And other teams are going to be in the same position, are in the same position, dealing with positive tests. So how do you bring it all together, man? And how? At the beginning, we all said a bubble was impossible, right? I mean, that was was a conversation in March and April. NFL could never do a bubble. My concern is, are we going to look back a year from now and say, our conversation should have been, we're not going to do this unless we have a bubble. And let's start putting our energy toward what sounds like an outlandish idea. Let's start working toward that because if we don't get that, we won't get football. And I, I think Rob Manfred, Major League Baseball, he was asked about, hey, why didn't you do a bubble? And he sort of hesitated a little bit. You know, well, you know, we based it on what we knew at the time. And But I think looking back, he's going to go, man, we should have gone after that. Roger Goodell, all this talk about we got a plan and we're going to figure it out. Matt, are we going to look back a year from now and say, as crazy as that idea sounded, that was our only hope to play football?
0: Yeah, maybe they're going to look back for both sports and say regional bubbles would have been the only shot. And you could travel from bubble to bubble the week of a game or something if you have to, but if you made it NFC bubble, AFC bubble, or even by division where you centered everything in say like Chicago or New York or you know wherever they don't have a super high rate of cases and they have facilities that you might be able to work around, but uh, it does feel like, it is really, really tough. And I also think that the people who say it, and I don't want to direct this at Kyle Brandt because maybe he just tweeted something dumb. We've all tweeted something dumb. But a lot of the people who are telling you, don't believe the reporters, just think about that for a second. Just just think about it. Like, the reporters are biased. Don't trust them. That Anytime that's what someone's telling you, don't believe the people who know the most or have the facts, you should be... Concerned about listening to those people is all I want to say about that. Um, Okay, here's another one. How bad is this? Everson Griffin might go to the Packers.
1: Oh, man. Oh, the latest episode of the Vikings Netflix show. You know, I mean, you can't make it up, man. You you really cannot make it up. The idea was we understood that this could be the possibility, right? We're in the middle of a pandemic. The market is – interesting for guys like him because, you know, people are being more cautious and I mean Javian Cloudy doesn't have a job yet, right? Or is he is he still looking for a job. So I think we all understood that this could be a possibility. He ends up right back with Minnesota. So for him to be in a position where it looks like yeah, there's not the kind of market he anticipated and he might go to Green Bay. Oh my goodness. Back to our original conversation, you know, I, I think the benefit of football financially is that you can't make a ton of money for most guys. Like you're limited in how much money you can really make. Yeah, if you're a big-time quarterback or a big-time skilled player or defensive lineman or something like that, yeah, you can get a bunch of money, but for the most part, you're not going to be extremely wealthy, relatively speaking, playing football. So then it comes down to really desire when you're in Everson's position. Like, who do I want to be with? You know, yeah, first, who gives me the best chance of winning? All right, if you think Green Bay gives you a better chance than Minnesota, okay. I mean, it's not a significant difference if that's your calculation. But I think for guys like that, it comes down to, man, where will where, where I feel comfortable? Like, like what, do I, what, what organization do I want to be a part of? And for a guy like that who's been here, been a part of this culture, Willing to not just go play for any team, but the rival team that says a lot, man, about the culture of this organization because what I see in places like Kansas City, what I see in places like New Orleans, what you see in some of these places, Seattle, around the country where there is a clear, like, effort where guys make it public that they want to be a part of this. Yes, the money. Yes, but they want to be here and be a part of what this organization is doing, what this franchise is doing. Um, Minnesota doesn't have that. you know Minnesota to me has become a team where guys hope to win and then they, they hope to get paid. but I don't know that they want to be a part of this the way guys want to be a part of other organizations and franchises, and that's that should worry people that you've got a guy like Everson who everything suggests he should be right back here to maybe go to green Bay, man, what's going on in that locker room? You know, what's going on with this team where you just don't have a lot of guys coming out and saying, I want to be a part of what they are doing. And that suggests to me a challenge with
0: the culture of your organization. We'll get back to football in just a second, but first, sports. Are coming back. So are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball finally kicking off, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners Bet Online. Check out all the odds, features, and props to bet on, all available at 24-7. So with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time champion Robert Ory. See what they had to say and what it's like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all of your odds and up-to-date sports news. And remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering expert. And when you have last year, the ownership has to put out a statement to say, no, we're not actually going to fire your general manager and coach after... Going 10-6, and six. like 10-6 and six in hindsight now in late July is like, oh, you know, that was a pretty good season. But if you went through it, it was a very, very tense season. It had some great moments. It had some really fun games. The comeback against Denver, really fun game. But, and the win in New Orleans is one of the craziest games that I've covered and then the atmosphere and everything else and Cousins proving that he can win a playoff game, all that stuff. But Throughout the year, it was very uncomfortable. It was very tense. And the loss in in week 16 to Green Bay ramped up that tension. So anybody who was in that locker room at that time knows that. And a lot of those people have opted to go in other places. And Everson going to Green Bay, knowing what that rivalry is, would be like saying, yeah, I don't really want to be a part of you anymore. Now, this is another potential foot-in-mouth situation for Zimmer of saying, repeatedly that he wants everson back if the front office doesn't want everson back and you're seeing all these reports oh zimmer wants him back but the front office is like actually we have no interest in doing that because we can't afford him and we want to move on and have a fadi adenbo now that would be a totally justifiable position for the front office but you're like mike you're putting this in a tough position here because you're telling everybody that we want him back and then he goes to the packers and, and and that's going to look bad on us, like we lost him to the Packers. Now, from an on-field standpoint, let's pretend in Magic Land we're playing all the games. Again, really hope that happens. Uh, Everson is going to kick their ass. <laughs> Zadarius Smith led the league in pressures last year. He got 90% of them against Kirk Cousins. Uh, Kenny Clark is a monster. Preston Smith is very good. After that, they were kind of weak when it came to other pass rushers. Uh, Rashawn Gary is a guy that they drafted in the first round. He didn't really do much his first year. You add Everson Griffin to that mix with Zadarius Smith, who might be the most underappreciated superstar defensive player in the league, and Kenny Clark, who just picked up Garrett Bradbury and threw him back into the quarterback. Like, your offensive line doesn't know who's playing guard yet. Yeah. <laughs> Problem for you on the field.
1: Yeah, and um, it's it, it's amazing how Packers understood their weaknesses, right? When they bring in the floor, and they have slowly built this terrifying defensive unit, where if if Aaron Rodgers, and I'm an Aaron Rodgers guy, but if he can play at a top tennis level this season, I and mean, this team's going to be right back in the NFC Championship game with a chance to go t- to the Super Bowl, whereas Minnesota we're not only talking about some of the same weaknesses, offensive line. Now we're talking about losing some of these key pieces on on defense and wondering if Mike can just coach them up. You know, I mean, you're going to have a lot of young pieces on that side of the ball. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see because Everson is a guy that you can bring in, bring back, who understands Zimmer, who understands the expectations the schemes, that's a lot to implement in most years. In a year where you've just had virtual mini camps and and guys are legitimately getting on the field together for the first time in the coming weeks, that learning curve, man, is going to be difficult, more difficult for this group of young players and rookies than maybe any class before them. So the things that tend to make sense somehow go against the Vikings. Define days. it'd be nice to keep him. Guy's pretty good. Nah, he's going to end up in Buffalo. Okay, all right, well, at least with Everson Griffin, a guy like that, you think. Bring him back, don't have to worry about a key position, veteran, still has some gas left in the tank. Now nah, he might end up in, in Green Bay. Hey, well, at least we got Dalvin Cook. I mean, Dalvin Cook, he's ready to come back. Everything's great there. He wants some money. We're going to pay him some money. You can't mess this up, right? Uh, You did kind of mess that up. Like, just stop right now. Just stop. If you're the Vikings, just stop. Take a deep breath. And let's not mess up the next three to four weeks that will have a critical effect on the 2020 season.
0: Well, uh, we do know this, Myron, that things change quickly in the NFL. So the Vikings had just about the worst Monday they could ever have <laughs> with <laughs> all the things that went on from, you know, the Delvin Cook situation to Justin <laughs> Jefferson to their trainer to Everson Griffin, all those things. Not great. Whatever the opposite of Ice Cubes, it was a good day, was the Vikings' Monday. <laughs> I don't know what the opposite song is, but that was that. Was that. Um, so, I, you know, I, I am – I I am excited to see how things play out when we start to see practices and what they look like, Um, even if they're not padded practices, we'll get a sense for who's playing where and how they're going to configure the cornerbacks, the offensive line. And it is an intriguing team because we don't know whether some of these young players can step up right away and they can be very good and, and compete for the division or whether this will be a team that has to take a step back And it becomes even more hard to predict as we go forward with COVID is our, you know, is every team going to have all those great starting quarterbacks that you have on your schedule or not? What are the other rosters going to look like when you go to play them? And uh, that will make this season, if it happens, which I again hope it does. Uh, it will make it even more of a wild ride than a Minnesota Viking season already is. So, uh, Myron, I appreciate you jumping on. I wish I had like, but there was this one good news item. Uh, <laughs> not today.
1: Well, it's all bad. It's all bad. It's all bad. Uh,
0: well, you are the best, Myron. I always appreciate you uh, taking the time. And I promise for the next episode that you're on, it'll be like, hey. Justin Jefferson looks great in camp. Let's (laughs) talk about that.
1: Is he the next to find (laughs) in? All right, man.